0: Fathers, strive to be all that God desires for us to be. We read from Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 1 and 2. There's a reason why I picked that particular passage. And thank you, Colby, for reading that. Because that's where Paul says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you might show forth what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, understanding what God's desire is, and certainly in regards to fathers, men, and their role in society today. There needs to be a renewing of the mind based upon God's Word and what He says about men and their role in society. Modern society does not hold men, fathers in high esteem these days. God has given men an important role in society, and we need to recognize that. Three points I want to give consideration to this morning. We're going to talk a little bit about American society and fathers. Then we're going to take a look at what God's Word says about fathers, and then the point that God wants to help fathers to be successful. So I'll go ahead and pull up that first point, American society and fathers, but I will just say this as we get into it. A little boy was asked on one occasion, what's the difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day? And he said, There's nothing there's exactly the same except you spend more money for the gift on Mother's Day than you do on Father's Day. So so he, he had figured figured that out our society uh, in general as you think about men today and you think about what is being said and about fathers and so forth and about the family the role of men and the role of fathers has been greatly diminished and I'll give you a quote in just a moment but the idea of fathers being in the home and this will be a quote I'll tell you in a minute that it's almost become optional. Not really necessary. And so we need to stop and just think about what's happening within the American society today. The obvious is to say that there's unrest. We recognize that. We think about Portland. We think about Seattle. We think about various cities and what's taken place in the last year or more and someone said in regards to that oftentimes the unrest you see in the street has really already begun in the home and there's a lot of truth to that i want to read to you from colossians the 3rd chapter in verses 18 through 21 because i want us to kind of recognize to start with what god says and then draw a couple of contrasts between that and what society has to say colossians the 3rd chapter verse 18 wives submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord husbands love your wives and do not be bitter towards them children obey your parents in all things and this is well pleasing to the Lord fathers do not provoke your children to wrath lest they become do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged listen to what he says wives Submit to your husbands. How's that sound in today's society? There was a time when you would perform a wedding and you would look at the girl, the woman that is about to be devoted for the rest of her life to this male and you'd say, Do you promise to honor Cherish and obey. Whoa. <laughs> that all got changed. But what did Paul just say? But well, we need to understand what he means when he says that they are submit, and we'll point that out a little bit more in a minute. But he also says, husbands. Love your wives. And we know from Ephesians 5 what kind of love that's supposed to be. A sacrificial kind of love, looking out what's in the best interest of the spouse. A children, obey your parents. And then fathers, do not provoke, as the New King James says, some translations say, which is better understood, Do not exasperate your children. Have you ever seen someone be so strict and so harsh that the child just wants to give up? He's not saying that a father should not instruct and correct a child. He's saying, do not exasperate them to that point. Wives submit. Husbands love. Children obey. And fathers don't exasperate. A basic format for the husband wife relationship and the foundation for the home, stated right there in those few verses. It's Psalms the 127th chapter and verse 1, where the psalmist said, Except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. And what the psalmist is pointing out is the Lord has given instruction. How to build the house, how to build a life, how to build that family. And unless his plan is followed, eventually, that home will crumble. And the ramifications of that, a nation will crumble. It has been said before as the family goes, So goes the nation. And there's a lot of truth to that. But yet, oftentimes, men reject God's plan for the home, for the family. I want to point this out also. That even within my lifetime, we have watched the portrayal of men and the family change drastically. When I was a little kid, We used to watch shows like Father Knows Best. You ever heard of that? (laughs) Black and white TV, Father Knows Best, right? And in that kind of portrayal from Hollywood at that time, the father was almost all-knowing and sort of a saintly character, and the wife and the kids, they just all kind of looked up to him. Well, maybe that wasn't exactly accurate. (laughs) Close, <laughs> But maybe that wasn't exactly accurate, right? And so the pendulum was over here. And then now that pendulum has swung way over here. And someone said, in a little over 50 years, 50, 60 years, you can do the math, from the 1950s, 60s, in a little over a generation We've gone from dad as a saint to dad as an idiot. In a lot of shows and movies now, dad is just kind of stumbling, bumbling his way through life. And if it wasn't for the kids and the rest of the family, maybe the wife supporting him, holding him up, you wonder if he'd even make it. And in many cases now, he's not even necessary. A well known Hollywood actress, I won't give you the name, I don't think it's necessary. It's the statement that's more important. This is what she said Fathers are often inconvenient. And when it comes to child rearing, they can be quite optional. That's kind of the attitude. And that's becoming prevalent within our society. And so, with the influence of Hollywood and politicians and political correctness and feminist movements and other social order groups, the traditional family based on Judeo-Christian values is being steadily dismantled. And those concepts being pushed aside. The traditional family being torn down. And yet Psalms 127 stands there like a rock. Except the Lord builds the house. They labor in vain who build it. You know, we've been studying the book of Joshua on Wednesday evening. And when Israel was about to come into the land, it was recognized there were giants in that land and they were going to have to be driven out. And we've made the application, the point on Wednesday evening, that God has given things of a physical nature so that we can understand things of a spiritual nature. And as the children of Israel were physically coming into the land of promise, the land of Canaan, there were physical giants they needed to drive out. There is a giant in American society that needs to be driven out. And that giant is trying to destroy this nation. And the way he's going about it? Destroy the family. Because Satan knows. You destroy that family, you'll get that whole nation. It was the last administration Sorry, wrong. That needs to be corrected for the record. It was two administrations ago. (laughs) (laughs) President Barack Obama that said we are no longer a Christian nation and a lot of people got highly upset about that. There's a lot of truth to that. We're not what we once were. And we need to recognize that. We need to recognize the way sa- uh, society looks at family now. And the way they're redefining it. And the way they're tearing down the Judeo-Christian family. The God of heaven is calling. He is pleading for godly men to stand up. That's Romans 12. He's writing to Christians. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds that you might show forth what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And that's what's needed today. Men who say, this is the pattern. Not Hollywood or political correctness or things else. This is the pattern for the home. Secondly, God's Word and Father's. I'm going to kind of read off some of these. We're going to have to move kind of uh, quickly but there's a multitude of passages. So I'm just sharing just a very few with you this morning. But I'm going to read from Ephesians, the second chapter, in verse 2, and then skip down to verse 4. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, in verse 2, Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Well, in verse 3, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Honor your father and mother that it may be well with you and you may live long upon the earth. And then children, uh, fathers, do not provoke your children, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's Colossians 3 and verse 21 where we read where Paul said, Do not exasperate your children. 1 Timothy 5 and verse 8 where Paul says, If any man provide not for his own, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Genesis 2 and verse 24. A man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife. Joshua, the 24th chapter, in verse 15, Joshua says, Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's in Proverbs, the third chapter, and about verse 12, where the writer of Proverbs says, The Lord corrects the one he loves, and as a father, the Son in whom He delights. Proverbs 14 and verse 26. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and one's children will have a refuge. That's just a handful. We could multiply passages. But as you take a look at those, what's those passages telling us about fathers and about their role. A father is a teacher. He's a trainer. He's a provider. He's a protector. He's a loving example sacrificing for the benefits of someone else. A father guides the home. He is a discerner And he is the one who corrects. And that he should be aware of his own influence. And the job never ends. And he trains for eternity. Those are some of the thoughts that come from those passages based on God's Word. Now let me ask you this. Based on just those passages, Hollywood says fathers they're kind of inconvenient <laughs> and when it comes to rearing children totally optional whether you have one or not but based upon what God's word says does that sound like they're pretty important I think it does Matthew 5 and verse 48 Jesus said, Be ye perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. He's talking about Christians there, but you can apply that certainly to a Father. Be perfect. And the word perfect, we understand from the New Testament, doesn't mean flawless. It means complete. It means mature. It means that fathers understand the role that God has given to them. And you look at all these passages and what God's Word has to say, and you compare that to what society is saying, and you have to be discerning. (laughs) Is this lining up with what God's Word says? And if this doesn't line up with God's Word, then you go with God's Word. (laughs) And so... Be ye perfect. You understand what the role is and the role that God has given to men and to fathers. Tell Esos. That's the Greek. And what it suggests, as far as perfect, that a thing or a person accomplishes what it was designed to do and what it was designed for. This is teleesis. Something designed with a purpose in mind and it's capable, able to do that job. Now, let me give you an illustration. Middle school, we used to call it junior high school in California. That was the first time I ever had an opportunity to be in a shop class. And as I look back now, 12-year-old boys should not be in shop. (laughs) (laughs) But I recall our shop teacher, and he was kind of a strict guy, and this was back in the day when they would lay the wood to you, (laughs) literally. (laughs) And uh, he would tell us, don't let me ever catch you using a tool for a job that it was not designed for. If you're going to do something, you go to the tool cabinet and you get the right tool for that job. Well, these are 12 and 13-year-old boys, right? And so one day, there's one of the kids, and he's got a board out there. I don't know what he was doing, but he had a nail, and he had a crescent wrench. (laughs) And he is beating on that nail. (laughs) and the shop teacher walked up behind him and it was a little bit before he finally you know, felt the presence and he looked around and that shop teacher said you drive that nail in with that crescent wrench you will pull that nail out with that same crescent wrench <laughs> so he understood well that's not what that was really designed for and I could never pull that nail back out with that same crescent wrench so he put it down and he went and got a hammer that was designed for that It's teleesos. It's designed for that. It can do that. That's what God's saying about men and the roles that he has given them as fathers. I had a purpose. I had a design in mind when I created you and I created this role. It seems as though within our society, It's almost been reduced to the role of just propagating the race. It doesn't really have anything to do with training and teaching for the future and the future generation. It's as we've talked about on Wednesday evening, it's God's guidance, that's his grace. And it's man's understanding and his effort and his prayers, that's faith and joining with others who understand God's plan and role for men and joining together and we fight that battle. Show the world what God says a man's role is. Faith is the key to victory. And society does not understand or appreciate God's design for the family. And that design starts with men. Let me give you a few stats. It's easy to do nowadays. You can look these up. These stats are according to the way it is when there is a male role model within the home. When there is a male role model in the, mom, in the home, sons learn male responsibility. They learn goal setting and achievement. They learn acceptable assertiveness. And they learn independence. When there is a male role model in the home, daughters with good relationships with their fathers experience healthier femininity. They feel more worthy of love and more capable of trusting men. When there is a positive role model, male role model in the home, fathers protect daughters from abuse. Listen. And they protect sons from violence. You know what that means? Violence has gone to the street. If there is a good role model in the home they teach them that's not proper a study done in the state of Texas said that 90% of inmates did not learn acceptable interaction with other children they didn't learn how not to hurt and when they got hurt No one came to their defense. No one gave them comfort in their pain. So the stats showing what dads and moms bring to the family equation. Fathers oftentimes are the ones who stress survival skills and competition, acceptable competition. And risk-taking. Males are generally a little more risk-taking. Have you ever watched a couple boys out playing and one of them goes, watch this? (laughs) (laughs) Mothers oftentimes emphasize social integration, relationships, and personal well-being. Did you brush your teeth? Fathers stress justice and fairness and duty based upon rules. Mothers stress sympathy and care and helping. And so the point of the study overall was fathers and mothers in the home, children will learn healthy use of physical strength for males. They will learn compassion and how to show love and that this kind of parenting produces well-adjusted, emotionally healthy children. And one of the most striking stats that was mentioned for sons when there is a good male role model within the home is that sons learn empathy and compassion and males who exhibit antisocial and criminal behavior almost never had a good relationship with a positive male role model or a father in the home. So what's that tell us? God had it right all along. Proverbs one verse eight and nine says, "My child, listen when your father corrects you; do not neglect your mother's instruction. And what you learn from them will be a crown to you with gra- will crown you with grace, and be a chain of honor around your neck." And so, what God's word tells us is that men have a powerful impact on their children, on their lives, on their relationships, on their potential, and on their future success in life. And God wants to help fathers to be successful. Point number three. Matthew 6 and verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Fathers, seek first the kingdom of God. And what that means is seeking His rule. His reign in your life, recognizing God's role that has been given to men and their role as fathers. Once again, it's Matthew 5, and verse 48. Be perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. And that's understanding God's plan and His purpose for men. And that's Romans 12, and verse 2. Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so you can show forth what God's will is. And according to God's Word, men are providers and protectors and loving examples and teachers and trainers and discerners and preparing offspring for life and most importantly for eternity. So God helps men by helping them to understand. Seek God first. Seek His rule and reign first. In your life, but secondly, why don't you turn back to the Old Testament, to the book of Malachi? I'm going to read to you from in just a minute from Malachi verse four, and then verse five, or chapter four, and then verse uh, five and six. But first, I want to mention in regards to Malachi, the book. Malachi was written at a time when God's people had returned to the land. They had chased after other gods and other people and the worldliness that was around them and ultimately it ended up destroying that nation and they were carried away into captivity. And that God eventually allowed a remnant to return and they came back to the land. But after a period of time they fell back into their old ways. And so Malachi is writing at a time when God's people, the nation, are once again caught up in sin and the world. And they're becoming ungodly in their life and in their worship. And they're suffering from infidelity and from broken homes and from arrogance and from pride. No, we'll do it our way. Instead of God's way, we'll do it our way. So Malachi is writing at a time when God's word is having little or no impact on their society. Does that sound kind of familiar? So in the last chapter, God gives a warning and saying before a judgment comes, before he judges them again. He's going to send Elijah. And we know from the New Testament that that Elijah is John the Baptist. But I want you to notice now what he says in verse 5 and 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Now watch. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. What did he just say? Before I bring judgment, I'm gonna send you Elijah. And what's the reason for this? Because I want the hearts of the fathers turned back to the children. And the hearts of the children will then be turned to their fathers. How's he gonna save this nation? By saving the family. How's he going to save the family? By saving the fathers. You want to heal a nation? Heal the families. You want to heal families? Heal the fathers. We talked about this in class this morning. (laughs) God goes by various names. And we see various ones used in the Old Testament. And one of the names that he uses is Jehovah Rophe, the God who heals. And that's what he's saying here. I'm going to heal this nation by healing families. And I'm going to heal families by healing the fathers so that they come to understand what their role is. I want to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And when I do that, the hearts of the children will be turned to the fathers. Let me give you this illustration. I used Hollywood in a negative sense. Now I use a little more positive sense. Okay. (laughs) Billy Crystal. You ever heard of him? (laughs) Funny guy. Comedian. He was saying on one occasion that he had an 11 year old daughter and her birthday was coming up but he was away on location and was not going to be able to be there. So he called her and he said honey I'm sorry I'm not going to be able to be home for your birthday. And he said he could tell she was clearly upset that he wouldn't be there. So, as the conversation continued and he could tell how upsetting this was to her, finally he said, okay, okay. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a package delivered to the house on your birthday. That appeased her a little bit and so finally they hung up. So, on her birthday, she was waiting for something to show up, and then finally the doorbell rang. She goes to the door. There's a delivery man. He's got a two-wheel cart, and he drops like a large package. And he said, this is for you. And it's wrapped in birthday paper, and so she starts tearing into it. Well, Have you figured out the story? (laughs) Guess what's inside? It's Billy. (laughs) He said, what happened next was amazing. He said, as soon as she got the package open, (laughs) where he was exposed, He said she hung on to him. He said for at least five minutes solid and wouldn't let go. That's what Malachi is saying. When the hearts of the fathers are turned to their children the children's hearts will be turned to them. He'll heal a nation by healing families. He'll heal families by healing fathers. God has given men to be the heads of households. And he's given them important roles. And we need to understand the influence and the impact that men can have 1st Kings 11th chapter I won't take the time to turn there but I'll just tell you it's Solomon Solomon started out so well but he didn't end so well and he turned away from God and serving him and he served foreign gods, and he started to follow after the world. Until eventually, in First Kings eleven chapter, God tells Solomon, He said, "I will tear the kingdom from you." And when Solomon died, the kingdom was torn away. He said, "I'm going to do it to your sons." And we know that after Solomon's death, the nation split. And there were two tribes left to the south and there were ten tribes to the north. And eventually, that's what led the nation to be carried away into captivity. But it started there. And God wanted him to know the influence that he was going to have for generations. And men need to understand that, the impact they can have for generations. Hollywood may say fathers can be inconvenient. <laughs> Hollywood may say that they can be optional. God says they're essential and that they're important. And he wants us to be perfect, not flawless. He wants us to understand the role that he's given and what he had in mind when he designed male and then gave him that role of heads of households. So no matter what the world may say and how Hollywood may portray it, God has given a place of honor and great responsibility to men and God wants us to be successful. Our souls depend upon it. Souls of our children and families and even a future generation depends on it. So the question just simply is will we serve our generation well? Well, so I know maybe this is not the most light-hearted Father's Day sermon you ever heard. <laughs> it might be a little heavy, but looking around at our society today, maybe it needs to be a little heavy. There needs to be men stand up and say, no, this is what God's Word says about it. You know, when we uh, lived on the farm, sometimes there was a phrase that was used, when you needed to go get something done. And it was sick them. So men, go out there in society and sick them. <laughs> let them know what God says about it. i going to extend the invitation to any and all that are here this morning. If we can help you in your relationship with the Lord, you let us know how we can help while together we stand and while we sing.